This is Your Daily Pass. You're here with Courtney Passfield and Fiona Daly. Our goal is to share stories of people just like you and me, the ones that inspire us, motivate us and wow us with their resilience. And let's just say, breaking down stigmas along the way. Happy recording day, Courtney. Yes, it has been a little while since you weren't here last week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that was a trip and a half, wasn't it? Yeah, that's exactly right. Act like you have no idea. I know. I honestly don't know what, have an idea what day it is today, uh, other than I know that it's recording day. It is recording day. Yes. So today, today mm-hmm. it is technically a sister chat. It is. Well, it, we got another sister. I know. Exactly. We, we're just throwing another <laughs> sister into the show. We, we got an extra sister. <laughs> exactly. It exactly. might be the YDP and the Alexander. And <laughs> Exactly. And the Alexander. That's exactly right. So, Fiona, introduce our special guest today. So, this is my sister-in-law. Um... I can say favourite sister-in-law. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is my sister-in-law, Brooke Alexander. Thank you for joining us, Brooke. Thank you for having me. Oh, we're very excited, Brooke, and, and very thankful that you're actually giving us our time too, So, especially with kids and work and all the rest of it too. Mm-hmm. So, my pleasure. So our conversation today... Yeah, Brooke's got a story and a half. Yes, yeah. So... I mean, Fiona, you'll be best to probably kick this off. Yes. Um, yep. I'll, I'll let you take it, really. I don't want to ruin it, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, so, Brooke's got a really amazing story. Mm-hmm. Um, Brooke's uh, husband and the father of her two children has passed away. And, um, yeah, I'll, I'll let you share that, Brooke, because it's, it is a incredible story and um, like we were talking about before I'm sure I'm going to learn quite a lot during your your version of telling it uh, because while Jason was ill Elena was ill so we kind of didn't have the capacity so um, yeah Brooke do you want to jump in and and tell us your story a little bit? Yep Um, Jason was uh, 43 and he was diagnosed with stage 4 bowel cancer, um, and it was palliative from the onset. So, yeah, we started off, we found that information out in July, and he had passed away by December, early December. Wow. That so was quick, it was quick, it was fast, but I'm grateful that it was, that it yeah. went that way. If he was going to be palliative, and I still maintain it today, if you diagnose as palliative, I think shorter and faster is probably the better way to go for the person that yeah. is suffering. Yeah, absolutely. And how did you guys find out about it, Brooke? Um, well, by mistake, actually. I was at work on, it was a Thursday night and Jason was at home with the children and I finished work and I uh, Jason called me over and he said, oh, I need to go to the hospital. I'm, I'm really sick. I've got this pain in my back. And it was, as it turned out, it was kidney stones, which I suspected straight away. I called an ambulance. The ambulance came and took him to the hospital. I let him go because I was home with the children, you know, got them to bed. He was kept in a couple of days. The kidney stones didn't pass. Um, so they wanted to do some surgery on him to remove the stones, which all happened probably a week or so later. Yeah. Right. Um, when, they, when they removed the kidney stones, um, he was really lucky, actually, well, lucky or unlucky, but it was a, a learning doctor and he'd done a scan and he had said to Jason, you're right to go, we've done the removed them. Um, a doctor that was overseeing him picked up on the scan that there was a mat behind it. Wow. And so he was called back in. He was 
released, the doctor released him and then the head surgeon called him back and said, oh, no, we need to discuss something. We've found something further. And so it just rolled from there. Wow. So within, yeah, kidney stones. And that was just totally unconnected. It was just that's how we found out. That's how it all unfolded. Yeah. And I guess you kind of go like it was lucky because I guess you got to cherish that time together. I, I don't know. how. Like how does that sit with you? Well, he when so when he went in and had um, you know when he went, he went in for colonoscopy. So this next step was the colonoscopy, and he was told that day, yes, you do have bout cancer. In my head, I thought, oh shit, that's no good, you know. But bout cancer is the most treatable cancer. You'll be right, you know. It'll be a bumpy twelve months, but yeah. you'll be okay. It'll be, you know, we'll get onto it. And it just didn't unfold that way at all. It just, yeah, was. Nothing, nothing like I thought. There was no surgery intended because it had already gone into his liver. Yeah. It was already, yeah, it was already, it was just um, the only treatment they did was chemo just to maintain life, which was ineffective anyway. Yeah. So. Isn't it amazing? You kind of think, like when we heard he had bowel cancer, I was like, he's 43, like he's not old. I was thinking that was an old man thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The more I've looked at it and I'm on a couple of pages and watch it, you can see 26-year-old women that get it, you know, 33-year-old men, 43-year-old men. It's, yeah, it's no one's immune. But his particular cancer, they think, came from an extreme illness or a really bad sunburn where the cells just didn't repair and mutated. And that's... Wow. Yeah, yeah. So oh, that's... Really? So, yeah. So it, it's, not, it's not a sun cancer, but... I, I don't know. There's a couple of occasions where he was really sick over the, you know, the time we were together. But I, yeah, who, who would know? You, you're clutching at straws. It's not going to change the fact. So yeah, that's you kind of have to let it go, you know. Yeah, gosh. that is so true. And so, like, if he, so he had the kidney stones, and that's what they were getting rid of. And so, yeah. if he hadn't have had those kidney stones, do they just say that he wakes up one morning? and he's in incredible pain, or do they say what could have happened or it's not even a bridge you went down because? Yeah, we. I, I talked to the, the day he was actually diagnosed as palliative, um, I just, well, I was gobsmacked. I, you could have knocked me over with a feather because I just was, I remember sitting out in the waiting room at the hospital and we were waiting an hour and a half and I was thinking, oh, come on, like we're just, this is, ridiculous you know yeah. anyway I watched this lady come out and she was really beside herself she was so upset and I was watching her thinking oh they must have told you something you know so bad anyway we then we were called in and I was thinking oh thank god this is ridiculous you know when you're sitting there yeah anyway when we walked in there we're sitting there and it was the it was um the oncologist wasn't quite in there his student was there and she just opened up the paperwork and she said, um, so it's palliative. And I was like, I was like, pardon? And I could see how she, and, and I looked at Jason and I said, palliative? And, and I thought to myself, I don't think he knows what that means. Yeah, I, I, was I, say, you I know, wouldn't know what that means. Yeah, I didn't know what that means yeah, at all. The yeah. look on his face, the look on his face, I was like, palliative? And I, you know, started to get upset. And then the, the junior doctor realised, oh, shit, I've told them, you know, like information they don't know. And I was just like, you could have knocked me over with a feather. And the whole time I was sitting there, all I was thinking was, why did I want to come in here? You know, I was sitting out in that waiting room and I didn't know this. I want to go back out there. I yeah. want to sit. And that's all I could, 
think for the whole, you know, the whole time I was like, they were talking about all this stuff. But I just remember Jason said to the oncologist when he did come in and he got rid of his little sidekick because she was a bit of a, <laughs> she'd upset the whole situation. Yeah, he wasn't like really. She uh, got a chat after that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She got a good chat, I think. Yeah. But um, he, he, Jason said to him, you know, like, when would we have known? And he said, oh, look, if, if you didn't know this, you would be dead in five months from today, you know, if we hadn't, if we don't start this. And as it was, he died five months from basically around that time anyway. Wow. You know, just nothing worked. But, you know, he would have only, he was only really sick, I'd say, for the last eight weeks. So I'd say we would have had six to eight weeks if, if he didn't know. Yeah. Wow. What do you... I don't know. I don't, I prefer is not the word I want to use, Brooke. But what what would do you think you would have rathered? Um, probably the way that it went, yeah. because he had a chance, and we could organise things in our life. Yeah, you know, because I actually, oh, as you probably know, Fiona, I had no, I didn't even email before. You know, that happened three years ago. Jason did all of that sort of stuff, and it wasn't out of um, it was just out of that I had no interest. You know, I just do. So all of those things, you know, it was a big learning curve. I didn't even know. I thought you still went to the post office and paid bills. You know, I had no idea what actually. So we got to get things in order and we got to spend nice time together. Yeah. Because, well, we didn't know that it was only going to be five months as well. You know, his initial that day, the doctor said, you'll live between two and five years. Wow. So we kind of thought we had two to five years, you know. He said if we didn't start, you would die in five months. But, you know, as it is, you'll get two to five years, and it didn't go that way no. anyway. Do you feel like you've – like, how do you go with this, Brooke? Like, do you feel like you were robbed or cut short, or how How are you with it? Uh, I um, – absolutely, but do you know what I'm grateful for? Some people never had what we had in a lifetime. Yeah. And I think that's pretty lucky, you yeah. know? Yeah, hell yeah. Gosh, yeah. Gosh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you couldn't like. I know from absolute without a doubt he loved me with all his heart and the other way around. Yeah. And you could live till till 100 and never have that. So true. Yeah. And that's such a special outlook for you to have. Yeah. It's the only way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for your grieving and for your everything, and you've got these two beautiful children. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And I was even there, I think I was lucky. It was tragic that they lost their dad, but they were two and four. So it made it, um, kids are so adaptable, you know. Like if they were were the age they are now, it would have been that much harder because you'd have to manage their grief and my grief. Yeah. Yeah. So they they just, you know, carry on. Yeah. And you like to think like the kids might forget those hard times when he was really ill and things like that. If they yeah. can forget that, that just makes yeah. everything so much better for you. Well, you know, just from my yeah. point of view, I think Bray's forgotten yeah. a lot of the stuff when Lenny was sick, but he just remembers yeah. having fun sleepovers. So if the kids can yeah. remember that dad was home and dad was doing this rather than the sick times, then that's that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But I think even as an adult, um, you forget some of those really hard times yourself. I, I think your brain's powerful yeah. and can shut off things that are just too traumatic to cope with. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of time, yeah, I think that's what that's happens. A, so. It's a good coping mechanism, I think. Yeah. yeah. Gosh, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
powerful, powerful. Gosh, yeah. So, so yeah. that short of time, I can't believe, you know, and and I think, and I know you can't take what they say for everything, and but, you know, to be told, okay, two to five years, and you're like, yep, rodeo, okay, we've got two to five years, sweet. Like, what are we going to do? What yep. do we want to achieve? Like, you know, how do we want to spend our yep. time together? And it's still yep. to be, you know, taken so so shortly, you know, so yeah, suddenly. Yeah, but, but also I think, like, you try and look at the positives in it. He could have lived for two to five years and been so unwell and sat on the couch yes. and just been, like, had no quality. So yeah. I kind of feel like he had quality until the last eight weeks. You know, like, the day he was diagnosed, there was absolutely nothing wrong with him. He was working full-time, and he worked full-time up until eight weeks. Yeah. And you think... Yeah, you like when you looked at him. I was looking at him, thinking, they, "I think they're wrong. Like, they, they can't be right. Like, he doesn't have anything that." Yeah, looks no good, symptoms. You know? it's, that's amazing. Yeah, but he had it. He had a good outlook on that too. He said to me, "Brooke, there's people walking around us that are ticking time bombs, and they don't know." Yes. I was like, "Yeah, there is." Yeah. And you would, would you want to know? You know. Yeah, and yeah. that's exactly right. And that's one of you know life's yeah. biggest questions, and and one that you don't, no one can answer fully. You know, yeah. that's a thing yeah. no one can fully answer. And so, how yeah. was his outlook on life? You know, from the day that you guys were told, obviously the last eight weeks would have been quite hard for him. But as a rule, like was he sort of quite, you know, upbeat and? Yeah, he was positive that he was going to. Um, fight as hard as he could. I mean, he knew it was going to get him, but he was like, he gave it everything he had, yeah. really. You know, it was just, he was unlucky. He had a rare form of cancer and it was on the side of the bowel, which only 10%, I can't remember which way around it is now, but only most 90% of people have cancer on one side of the bowel and he was in the 10% that have it on the other, mm. which makes it hard to treat. And then he had a cancer that only 5% of people get as well. So he kind of had two rare things, you know, yeah, oh, wrapped up in well, one. Yeah, but he, he look, he went through, you know, the typical grief um, things, you know, anger. Um, he, he would say some really shocking things that you'd think, I can't believe you just said that. But then I think, look, if it was me dying, why the hell wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. You know? exactly. <laughs> and and no one can be put in those shoes, hey, until you're in them. No. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what I thought all the time. I just thought I couldn't imagine what's in your head, you know. Like yeah. I know what's in mine, but it's not physically happening to me and yeah. it's not going to happen to me, you know. And that that would be uh, – that's what I felt sad about. Yes. yes. Head. Yeah. yeah, and because you know how much the mind plays and goes uh, in circles and things like that. So for him – Yeah. Cruel. Ima- imagine sitting for treatment. Like it's not like a five-minute thing, so you've got a lot of time to sit there and mm, yeah. think about all sorts yeah. of things. And I guess what's the treatment like, Brooke? Do they all go in the one room? Like are you looking at all these other people sort of comparing yourself and going, oh, God? Yeah. Or, yeah. And everyone was everyone was older. You know, a lot of people were older, but I don't know whether it stands out. But the first day he went in, he was really angry and the nurse was there and he was really rude. To her, and when she walked away, I said, "You know, you can't. It's not her fault. She's she's doing a job. You need to like." Yeah. Um, but she handled him like yeah. sweet. She she obviously knows. They they know. You know, I could imagine probably everyone's first goes yeah. like that. And um, yeah, it was people. just yeah. But his treatment went for about five hours mm. from memory, and then he wore it for another um, forty eight hours after that. Oh, really? Oh, wow. It was. Yeah, and it was all like um, 
the treatment that he had, it had the one that he wore home on his body, it had spill kits and stuff. Like if it broke, you were supposed to do X, Y, Z, you know, because it's highly, well, it's just full on drugs, isn't it? That's mm. not meant to touch other people, you know, mm. things like you're not supposed to use the toilet they've used, supposed to be cleaned properly because they're, you know, so you just think, imagine how unwell that actually makes you yeah. feel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he only ended up doing four rounds, I think, three or four rounds. I can't, it's, it's all a bit blurry now, you know, you kind of yeah. like, you chew some of that stuff out. But he um, he coped he coped with it pretty well or he didn't say, you know, he yeah. carried on working. Yeah, he'd have, because they pump you full of steroids. So the day he went into chemo, he'd come out and he'd be like, you know, full of energy, jumping around. The next day he worked and the day after that he was flat but then carried on back at yeah. work. So I think the steroids give you that stop the feeling of so unwell because I don't think you could probably handle it. No. I think it's probably too for a body to endure. Yeah, it'd be heavy, wouldn't it? It'd be a lot. Yeah, yeah. and I mean just even, like you say, whatever toxins and bits and pieces mm. are, are are in that sort of mm. thing. I, and I didn't realise about the, the toilet thing. That's such a... Interesting yeah. saying where they say like if he so if he goes to the toilet like you guys weren't to touch you know go to that toilet yeah yeah and supposed to really clean it you know and all of that sort of stuff so I guess it's just the toxic yeah you know whatever's in the whatever's in the drug you know which who knows I mean it kills cancer so it's got to be pretty intense yeah exactly and was there anything yeah. that he could or couldn't do like around with the kids then. Uh, not with the kids, I don't remember that, but I remember um, the one thing he had, you couldn't touch hot things and you couldn't touch cold things. Yeah, you right. couldn't put cold, yeah, it was like the ends of your fingers would um, burn if you touched something in the fridge that was cold. And the longer your treatment went on, I believe up to 12 weeks, um, it got worse and worse, you know, like eating an ice block would be impossible or wow. those sort of things. And some people, I believe, the symptoms, that symptom stays with them for a couple of years after treatment's finished. Wow. So, that blows my yeah. mind. Yes. Mm. Really it speaks to the intensity of it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Wow. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh, my Goodness God. Goodness me. Yeah, I'm blown away with that. I Yeah, I mean, you can see why because obviously the, what they're trying, to, what the drug's trying to achieve, but... Yeah, like still like for the the fingertips, hey, you know, like yeah. that's a serious amount of something, whatever it is, in your body. Yeah. Yeah. It just shows the will to live, doesn't it, to put yourself through that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You no, know, they need to be, yeah, they're held, uh, to me, they're held in very high regard, people that endure chemotherapy or any cancer treatment or any just any treatment that you have to go through. I mean, to put your body through stuff like that, it's a big call after seeing it. I don't know if I'd do it. Yeah. You know? Really. Yeah. Yeah, but it's hard to say. It's, oh, I haven't, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah. It's easy to say that. Exactly. That's exactly right. Exactly. Until your, you, your feet are put into those shoes, that's when you make that decision. Yeah. And oh. so yeah. you, where, do you, where do you go from there, Brooke? You know, like how did you, you know, after he did pass, you know, you come home to your house and do you sort of, do you want to leave your house? Do you want to stay there? Do, do, how do you try and... How do you try and keep going and get that will to come back together because you've got these two small children that you kind of, you have to, but, you know, how do yeah. you go from there? I think I think that is the thing, you know, two small children, what choice? Which also kind of made me angry at the same time too because it was like, 
I don't even get a choice to choose, but I had the business, which I just immersed myself in, um, and I just kept myself so busy that I didn't have time to think. Yeah. And, you know, I think I probably became, I'm a bit controlling anyway, but everything that I could control, I controlled too. You know, like if I could control that um, the floors vacuumed 10 times a day, you know, I would do that because it's it was about control. I think as the rest of your life so out of control that yeah. the things you can control, you expect control to the extreme yeah and and it's hard it's hard to let go of that stuff too you know but I'm getting better at that yeah so what sort of things have you like been able to do for your mental health you know like because no no one knows what it's like to endure this unless you've been through it and so the mental game that this has obviously thrown you through like did you go and speak to someone or yeah I did. I went and spoke to a lady because I really, yeah, was struggling. I was struggling because you're young. All the widows I know are, you know, like older ladies or older men. And then the pain's just as bad. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely just as bad. There's no, no one has less pain than someone else. But I um, went and spoke to someone and I read a really good book um, and that totally changed my outlook. I read a book by um, Lee Sales. It's called um, An Ordinary Day. And so it's about people that wake up and something so catastrophic or horrendous is going to happen to them that day, but they don't know. You know, they just eat their breakfast, go for their walk, do what they're doing. Anyway, but she talks to a lady in the book who had had lots of bad stuff happen to her. And she said, you know, did you ever think, why me? Which is what we do. You know, I thought that, I thought that myself lots of times. And the lady in the book said to her, why shouldn't it be me? I'm no more important than the person that's next to me. And that, just reading that, like I just kind of went, wow, yes, that's right. I wasn't targeted. It wasn't like, you know, just you did it because you all like this or it was just luck of the draw, yeah. you know. And I think that to me made me kind of go, you know what, I, you can move forward because it's just unlucky. But you can carry on and be sad and miserable and negative. Um and what's the point? You got to live. If if he had to pay the ultimate sacrifice and die, I have to live and enjoy life. Yes, yeah. and that's so true. How good is that? Why yeah. shouldn't it be me? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I was. It was profound. That book was really, really changed my thinking. Just how people had, you know, people because you think what you've gone through is bad, and then you read a story of someone else, and they might have gone through something that was ten times as bad. And you think, well, I've got nothing to complain about when that's happened to them, you know, like that. Yeah, yep. Yeah, that's how I kind of look at it. Yeah. Gosh. I really like that. Yeah, I really like that. That's amazing. Yes. And it's really just stuck in my head that, because I I just remember thinking awful things, you know, like good friends of mine. I thought, why wasn't it her husband? And now I think, what a terrible thing to think like that. I'm just horrified that I would think like that. But I guess it's your coping Mecha- yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you do have to give yourself some grace in that time too. But yeah, it's yeah. sort of like, couldn't this have been anybody else's, yeah. anybody yeah. else but me sort of thing? And did yeah. you, I mean, like, let's say it's a coping mechanism, right? Like, we're trying to work through something. So, obviously, giving you some a, a fair amount of grace and rightly so. But did you have a lot of different thoughts like that where you'd see people or things would happen where you would struggle not to be like, well, you know what? I don't have, you know, I don't have anybody else or I, I have to do this on my own or, you know, did you go through times of like that too, Brooke? In your head, I think yeah. you do. But I remember even just being at the shops 
and thinking, God, all these people don't know what a terrible thing's happened to me, you know, like they're just walking on, carrying on, doing, you know, groceries, whatever, you know, and you think, oh, they don't know something really bad's happened to me. But it's funny now I think when I'm at the shops, um, I would walk past people that are going through something that's like, you know, and you think, yeah, every, everyone goes through stuff. I think that's what it comes down to. Like no one's immune. So you, you're pretty lucky if you get to, you know, 30-ish and something really traumatic hasn't happened to you, I think. Yeah, so well, that's true. true. Very, that's true. very true. And it's yeah. funny, Just isn't how you it? Handle it's, yeah. It's so true, though, isn't it? You walk around the shops and you think, something bad's happened to me and you don't know it's a Tuesday and you're just yeah, exactly. a regular day, yeah. but... And yeah. I think you can be looking yeah. at someone saying, can't you at least smile at me? Or can't yeah. you give me some sort of grace or get out of my road yeah. because I'm trying to do I've things? i a bad thing happen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a funny way to think, but I remember thinking that specifically in the shops, you know, that sort of thought process. Yeah. But I guess it's just your coping. Yeah, yeah it, it is. Exactly, and it is a coping, and I think, you know, that's what has to be remembered. Like, yeah, and I, that's it, isn't it? You've kind of got to go through that stages to come out the other side. Otherwise, yeah. you get stuck in it, don't you? Yeah, you do. And I think once you realise um, that it's always going to be sad, yeah, you can cope too. You know, like you kind of, you know, grief consuming in the start and then it, you know, goes for weeks and then it goes for days and now you can go, oh, you think about something, go, oh, that's a bit sad, but I know what it is. Yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? So it's no less sad. You just can handle it better. Exactly. And I suppose it's also um, you so, yeah, but remember this, you know, you can kind of come back at it without, yeah, but remember when we did this together yeah, or, remember, yeah. you know, you can kind of yeah. flip side it a little bit to try and go, yeah, like, you know, mm. you don't wish this upon anyone, but God, I'm lucky to have somebody that loved me with all my heart and I was yeah. love them with every ounce yeah. of my body and, you know. Yeah, Absolutely. So, yeah, that is really how I think now. I know you've got to look at the positive side, haven't you? And I'm grateful that I got to say goodbye to him. Some people don't get that opportunity. They'll yeah. lose lose someone and they've never got to say goodbye. And I think that's worse, you yeah. know. So there's always worse than what you have to deal with. That's it. And that's yeah. probably the best thing about giving that time frame is that you could go, you know what, instead of going, oh, I've got clients on my wait list, I'll just work this day or I'll work that day, you go, no, bugger it, we're going to go and we're going to do something as a family or we're going to go to lunch yeah. together or make some memories rather than, yeah. you know, we all do it, don't we? Oh, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, definitely, wow. definitely. Gosh, what a, um, what a story, Brooke. Oh, yeah, you've just blown my my mind, that's for sure. So, like, now, Brooke, how how are you now? I'm I'm great. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really good and I've been lucky to meet someone lovely um, who's wonderful to the children and I'm just, I'm, we will never forget him, you know. We talk about him all the time. Yeah. I mean, my daughter is the spitting image of him. <laughs> she is, isn't she? Absolutely. <laughs> And and she's feisty, and he loved that about her. Yeah, you know, <laughs> loved it about her. He thought she was wonderful. But yeah, we're we're really good. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and it does. It happens to lots of people. Yeah, 
Yeah. And it is so lovely and, you know, Ant is obviously a gorgeous man and, yeah. and you know, to, to love other other children like your own and like he does yeah. too is just absolutely gorgeous and, and, you know, the fact that he is so still, will, you know, willing to, you know, talk about Jason and, and share yeah, his absolutely. memory. Yeah, that's yeah. a special yeah. man, isn't that's it? Right. Yeah, it is a special ma'am. I think we're very lucky. Maybe it was handpicked. Yeah, Maybe, yes. exactly. That's exactly right. <laughs> you know, and he looks completely know. different. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, and he is totally different. I mean, Jason was um, a very quiet man. Yeah, you know. Well, I never thought he was quiet, but people would say, "Oh, your husband's so quiet." And I think, is he? How would he get word in? Yeah. <laughs> I would definitely say he's quiet, but then also when I think back to everyone sitting around, he didn't just get a word in. So <laughs> he was a good listener. <laughs> he was, but he he only he only said what needed to be said. He didn't talk yeah. just for the sake of talking, you know. He, he said what needed to be said, and that was sort of yeah. But it's funny because I never saw him as quiet because I used to think, oh, I don't really think he's quiet, but he maybe was more open. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's yeah. very true. <laughs> That's true. And speaking about how, you know, only said what he – it just reminds me of Pap when you say that. Hey, when you say that, yeah. only says what needs to be said. Pap isn't a big talker, I reckon, and until – Well, funny enough, they have the same birthday. They share the same birthday. Yeah, so do. whether it's, uh, you know, similar, who knows? Yeah. Know. yeah. Oh, that's funny. I didn't realise that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, that's yeah. cool. Do you guys do something special on Jason's birthday? Yeah, we always have a cake. We oh, always good. have a cake for the kids, you know, to remember him. And, and you know, it's, I think it's special because he would have been uh, 40, I think, am I thinking, 47 this year. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So, but look, I, I do believe too that the day you die was written on the day you were born. Yeah. I just think we, I, and I think, do you know what's lucky about him? For a person that's young that died, I remember only before he was diagnosed, in about, it was about the April, I, I looked at him one day, he was out in the backyard with the kids and he just um, he started working for himself. He was, you know, doing what he wanted to do. And I remember looking at him thinking, gosh, you're happy. Yeah. Aww. You know, I think he had nothing more he wanted in his life. Yeah. And I think that's a brilliant achievement. Absolutely. He did you a whole know, lot he, of living for his 43 years. Yeah. Yeah, and he had everything he wanted. He had two healthy children. He was happily married. He had his own home. He was working for himself. Yeah. And I, re- I remember thinking that, like, he was happy. So maybe there was the end already, you know, like he'd, and in that, he'd accomplished what in people that, don't in a lifetime. Yeah, exactly. In that moment when you remember seeing that, like, even for yourself, did it bring this sense of joy over you going, right? Absolutely. Like, yeah. 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 And it's it's still really vividly clear, you know, the image that I can see. Oh, yeah, I, yeah it's, it's funny. It's a funny thought that I had thinking that, oh, you know, because, you know, re- oh, I guess you do look at people and think, oh, they're happy. But I remember thinking, oh, he's really happy. Like, yeah. every, all, you know, all of his ducks were lined up. Yeah. yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. I it's hope so you can nice remember that, that you had that moment. Yeah. I hope you can yeah. remember that for the rest of your life and be able yeah. to share so that with the kids. Yeah, and I think if you're going to pass away, you know, um, by choice or not choice or, you know, sickness or whatever, accident, that if, if you could be at the end of your life and think, I've, I've got to achieve what I wanted or I got to have complete happiness, although not enough time, you're pretty lucky. Yeah, absolutely. And the hard thing is 
when is enough time too, you know? Right. Like, yeah, there's never yeah. enough. Is there's there? never – yeah, exactly. No. You always want one more day or one more moment or one more something, isn't it? Yeah, but it's funny when I hear people whinging about getting older, as people do, they go, oh, you know, it's not good to be this age or that age or this hurts and that hurts. And I always <laughs> just say to them, well, beats the alternative. Yeah, true. Like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> You really, and that kind of goes. I guess when it comes from me, they go, "Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly." They're like, "We're, we're, we're like, not oh, going to say anything." Quickly so, pull my head in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Pull your head in. Um, Brooke, do, did you have people t- treat you differently through this time? Uh, I don't think people treated me differently, but I think I probably you remove yourself from a lot of like it's even hard to see some friends because you saw them as couples. So you feel different, you know. I don't think they, I don't think they treat you different. You know, they're all one. Like people were wonderful to me. I absolutely, you know, people blow you away with how helpful and kind they are. But um, I don't know if people treated me differently. It was probably more how I moved back from some people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and of course that's going to happen too. You can't say that it. You know, when yeah. you're in that position, and and seeing like you say, people as couples, and then it would even just make you feel even more alone because you're like, I don't, yeah. I don't have that now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah, and it's and the other thing that was hard too because the children, it's not like you sort of get nearly put into that you're separated or divorced, um, which there's absolutely nothing wrong oh, with. You know, yeah. I want everyone to be happy. But in my head, I used to think, well, I don't, my children don't go to their dads for the weekend or I don't have anyone that's going to help me bath the children or, you know, give me a break or, yeah. you know, it was, it was just me. And, you know, that was pretty hard to get my head around too. Yeah, exactly. Especially when you're self-employed as well. Yeah. So, like, yeah. you know, you don't go to work, you no money comes in. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But, yeah, that, but I guess also at the same time you immerse yourself in that to keep yourself busy as well. Yeah, true. Becomes part of that coping, doesn't it? Yeah. Just keep yourself busy. And to keep yourself going. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Wow. So. And I mean like that, like it's nice to see that people, you know, they do come out of nowhere to be able to want to help and to be there for you. But instead of knowing what to say too, like in yeah. those times, like did you know what you wanted like people to say to you? People to say to you? Yeah. I, I really... I really struggle with people when they tell you how strong you are. Yeah, right. You just think, and it was like you just think, I don't have any choice and I'm not actually strong. Mm-hmm. You just that's, had to dig deep. That's really interesting. And this is really <laughs> emotional. <laughs> Both Fiona and Brooke being sister-in-laws here, it's it's a very hard podcast to do, um, that's that's for sure. Um, but that's so interesting to hear that. Like I wouldn't have thought of it that way, that, you know, saying, you know, you're so strong is something that is actually not the nicest, well, not the not nicest, but a really hard thing to say because you're like, here I am, you know, you probably feel like I'm – on your knees, you know, praying for something and you're like, I've, I've got nothing left in me and here you're uh, saying that I'm so strong. Because it sort of sets up a um, that you people need to see you be like that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's what it's about. That's how people want to see you because people can't and it's not their fault, you know. It's, it's that they, people don't know what to say to you. They don't yeah. have. And I get that too, but the best thing someone said to me one day was, it's just really shit, isn't it? 
and I was like, yeah, you know, don't say I'm sorry or, you know, you're yeah. wrong, but they just said, it's really shit. I was like, absolutely. Like, yeah. that's, that's the best thing. <laughs> and you don't want that people really to sugarcoat is. it or to make it something else. It's like, nah. no, it's just absolutely fucked. There's no other way to put yeah. it. Like, that's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. And that, like, when I said that one day, I thought, oh, thank God. Someone's like, yes, you know, but deal it. with me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. People don't know what to say. They think they just—they don't know what to say. It's a really hard thing yeah. to say. Yeah, it is exactly. And that, Courtney yeah, and I had this that? conversation before we started, and I said, "Like, there's going to be so much of this that I don't know." And I said, oh, "I didn't have the capacity, and I didn't know what to say, so I used to just send you heart emojis." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but at least you know people are thinking of you. Yeah. You know, and that, that does mean a lot when, you know, I know lots of people thought about it. And even all those people that say you're so strong, they they care, you know, yeah. they're just like. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess they're some, looking for some something it, nice to say, but, well, exactly. I don't know so. Yeah, that's right. And that that's, yeah. But it's funny, isn't it, how you kind of people perceive you like that. So you start to build that character. Yeah. And you go, well, okay, well, I, I, can, I can do this and I, I won't. I don't need any help, and sometimes you can be your own worst enemy, you know. Yeah, exactly. you just like oh, I can do it. I can't let people see I'm weak, you know. It's sort of, but I guess that gets you through at the same time. It does, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I mean, that's the thing. There's no perfect way to get through this. There's none, and yeah. some people feel alive a bit sooner, and some people it takes them years, you know. And there's no right or wrong. There's no one's. Mm. Just people do what they do. But there's all sorts of grief. It doesn't have to be yeah. death, I think, you know. Like and I think grief's the same overall. Whatever you're going through, that's a grief is a grief. How do you how do you now see other people going through it? You know, like what has that changed for you? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah. How has that changed for you when you see somebody else going through something? Like is your reaction different or I just I think in my head, like, you know, if you see someone young's died locally and they've got a young family, I just think I know what they're going to have to go through and yeah. it's not good. And I'm glad I'm three years later. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want to be one day closer to that day. Yeah. That's how I kind of think it because it's, it's a tough journey. Yeah, absolutely. And I think... But I remember no, you're when right. I was seeing the yeah, when I was seeing the um, counsellor, she said to me one day, if I could get all your grief and take it off you now and throw it away that you didn't have it, she said, you wouldn't actually give it up. She said, you wouldn't give it up because grief is love. Wow. And I remember thinking, I remember thinking, I think you're wrong. I, I'd give it to you. <laughs> and then I remember driving, driving home and I thought, no, I wouldn't actually. She's no. right. Yeah. That's yeah, so like, That's yeah. amazing, Brooke. I've never thought of it that way. But no, yeah, you're right, you love. wouldn't. Yeah. 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 yeah, and I remember thinking, you're wrong. I would give it to you. And then I was just driving home and thought, no, I wouldn't. She's right. You, you have to go through it. That It is love. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That is probably the best thing I think I've ever heard in my life, Brooke. Yeah, it's just, yeah. Most Some things stand out to you, don't they? Yeah. Gosh. Absolutely. That's amazing. Yeah, but it probably it probably helped me heal, you know. Her comment probably made me go, oh, yeah. okay, yeah, right. Yeah, it does. It's a real yeah. eye-opener, isn't it? Yeah. It goes, you're allowed to feel this way because that's love. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 
and wow. and that that you shouldn't shove it down or push it away or yeah, you know, do be something. strong because you should, you know, because that's what everyone's saying to you. Yeah, yeah, you feel it. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Well, she knew I wasn't strong as a counsellor. Yeah. Yeah. You know, she saw. She, she saw that. Yeah, they're dark, scary, ugly. You know, not nice. Yeah. But yeah, but that that's the best thing people can do: get help for themselves. That's you know. And I whatever think, the situation. Absolutely, and I think talking to somebody who's not part of your yeah. circle, your situation, like it's a total stranger. Yeah. Really yeah. It's makes so a big good. Difference. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, she was she was excellent. And I got to the point. I think I saw her. Uh, it was over six months, and I thought one day, I don't want to come here anymore. Yeah. And she sort of said to me that day, "Do you know I think we're done?" And I was like, "Yeah, I think we are mm-hmm. done." Like, I'm, yeah, yeah, I don't want to come anymore. You know, I must have. I got what I needed. You know, to to carry on. Yeah. Even though you, you're still always going to feel it, like I said, you still always have grief, sadness. But you can function. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. She sounds amazing. Yeah, that is so yeah. good. And yeah, she was great. Did you have to get any counselling for the kids, or like they were at the stage where they didn't really? No, I didn't do anything for the kids, and lots of people asked me, but I thought at the time, you know what, they're okay. Mm-hmm. Why? Why dig and bring something up? I think you can search for problems sometimes too. Absolutely, yes. yep. That's exactly what You know, and they, they see, it's not to say when they're a bit older they might need some counselling to cope with it, yeah. but I'll cross that last when it happens. I think at the time they were, they just need a stable mum that they know loves them. That's all, that's what kids need. Yeah. You know, and that's so true. And like, it's, it's yeah. fine for an adult to speak to a stranger, but little kids like that, we yes. teach them stranger danger and all these things. Yeah. So to say, Rodio Estelle, yeah. go and talk to this person, that would be really hard for her to it's, go and open yeah. up. To me, it's very much like the, you know, the aeroplane um, put your life mask on first. Yeah. Like you needed to do you first yeah. so that you could do the children and I think that is the best way to, yeah. to yeah. put it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, that's what I think. So maybe later on maybe if they need it, we'll go down that path. But, you know, we'll just, they're, they're happy kids. Yeah. They're happy, healthy, they yeah, and very loved, yeah. and you know, very loved by their father, and now their stepdad yeah. as well. Like, yeah, that's right, absolutely. Was it was it hard yeah. to go out again, Brooke, to find love? Um, yeah, but I think you have this sense of loneliness that, yeah, you know, it's putting. And that, well, the other factor is when you are, um, what was I, thirty six, thirty six with two children, your own business. Where are you going to go? <laughs> like, you, you know, you're not going to meet. Like, no one's going to come knock on your door and say hello. Yeah, you know. So you sort of you do have to put yourself out there. But I guess we're lucky. And it, like I used to think, God, I'd never do online dating. Like that's just oh, not my thing. That's pretty wild. But it's kind of like then I was in the situation where I was like, well, what choice? Yeah, you either just. You know, and I guess in your head you think, oh, I'll give it a go. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You know, you go, you know, and I was really lucky. Anton's the first person I met. Oh, nice. <laughs> he is a catch. I didn't even need it <laughs> And also, kudos to you, she who could take a phone call and send a very basic text to online <laughs> dating. <laughs> Absolutely. That, I've come cool. a long way. It's really for anybody. It is. Yeah. <laughs> you can learn anything you want to. <laughs> 
Absolutely. Yeah, and I was, at the time I was struggling. I just thought, oh, I don't want. I don't even want to do this. I don't want to do emails. And now it's funny, you email everyone all the time, don't you? Like, yeah. <laughs> that's how you communicate. You know, I do internet banking. You do all these things that I used to think, oh, oh actually, you don't pay bills at the post office. <laughs> but it is You do it sitting in the lounge. Yeah, you do it exactly. <laughs> you don't even have to, yeah, exactly. Glass of wine in your PJs. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing, yeah. isn't it? We have all these... I guess these jobs and it's like that's his and that's hers and it was a real, like for us it was a real kick in the ass that I was like, Jesse, you need to learn like some of this stuff because he's he's terrible but it's just not something you think of. Yeah, but it's like going through that, it is highly important that your partner knows details of how to find things, you know, because it's unravelling a big web. Yeah. You just would have no idea about, you know, if you don't have. And, I, and the other thing I think is really important going through that will, people need to have wills. Yeah, so important. You no, know, like it is so important when you've got children and, you know, yeah. money tied up in things. So It's a hard conversation to have, isn't it, mm. for, for anybody, but let alone to go, we just need all these ducks in a row. It's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and we sort of even even after we left it, it was the eleventh hour. You know, it was sort of it was just at the point where his mind wasn't going to be um, straight enough to to actually legally do a will. You know, because it sort of all unfolded so fast. We kind of thought we had a bit more time, and it got to the point. I was really lucky. I had a client who helped me out, put me in touch with the lawyer who came to the hospital. It was all sort of really eleventh hour. 11th hour stuff so yeah but yeah that's it's highly important yeah gosh yeah. how amazing are your clients too like you seem to have yeah. just all the right people were just showing up for you with little things that they had even yeah. just somebody who knew uh solicited to come a lawyer to come and do that yeah. that's awesome yeah yeah and, and i'm lucky like all my clients because it was in early december I, I didn't finish work until about the first or second of december it was probably even later actually and um all of my clients, so I had to cancel Christmas. And as you know, as hairdressers, that is the busiest time of the year. Like it was just I was sitting in the hospital texting everyone saying, you know, unfortunately I have to cancel your appointment. You know, I'm really sorry about that. Be in touch. So there was no, I'm going to see you in January, February, whenever. But all of my clients, when I come back to work, I came back to work in early January. None of them had their hair done. And it was it was beautiful because it was out of respect. Yeah. 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 It meant a lot. Yeah. Well, and I mean, <laughs> I'm going to go now, but they do become your family and they do become your friends. And, and, you know, they were like, no, no, we're here to support you and be with you. And so yeah. the moment you could be, that's when it was ready, but not a moment yeah. earlier than that. And I remember saying to a couple of them, how long were you going to wait? You know, because some of these ladies have their hair done every three weeks, you know, they're like, and they said, however long it took. Wow. Like, that's, that's, you feel pretty special. Yeah. Absolutely. It makes it all worth it, doesn't it? You know, you go above and beyond for your clients and then to to get that kind of respect back and those kind of comments back, you just go, it is all worth it. Even in those moments when you're self-employed and you think, oh, gosh. Is it? (laughs) Is this worth it? It was was mind-blowing. Yeah. Yeah, It was was beautiful, you know, and it was all of them. It wasn't just the odd couple. None of them had their hair done and I just remember thinking, how how nice is that? Yeah. But, man, I've got some work to do. <laughs> I was just going to say, but holy dooly, you were busy. You needed some clones of yourself. <laughs> and it kept going, you know. It got me through. 
Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And even just being, you know, having people with you then all the time to checking in on you and, you yeah. know, those clients that do come back every three weeks, well, they're still there to check up on you and that's such a big thing for your family that's away and, you know, things like yeah, that too, right. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, they were beautiful. So I, I feel, you know, like I think if it was going to happen to me, how lucky was I that I had a house I could stay in with my two children. Yeah. Um, you know, they just could carry on as normal. I went to my normal work, you know, like even though Jason wasn't here and it was um, our life was pulled apart, we could still stay the same, if that makes yeah. sense. So it, And that made it easier, you know, so. Absolutely. And for the kids too, to yeah, maintain absolutely. that routine and a little bit of yeah. some kind of new normal. That just yeah. makes a huge difference. Well, you're clutching at straws. You know, you have everything's been turned yeah. apart. So the few things that you can have normal be normal. Right. Yep. Yeah, control yeah. what you can control. Bro. Vacuum that yeah. floor. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> For the tenth time. <laughs> Brooke's OCD. That's why yeah, I'm laughing at I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> We're so like, yeah, that's so Brooke. Yeah, that is. <laughs> oh, dear, it is. <laughs> She's like, she- I can admit to it. I'm fine with this. Yeah. Well, she I'll own it. Yeah. You can eat off her floor at any time of the day yeah, if exactly. you wanted to. <laughs> Only back to her once now, though. Once a day. Once a day. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, maybe don't eat off her floor at any time of the day. She's got little kids. <laughs> oh, gosh. Don't we know how that ends? Yeah. Yeah. What a story, Brooke. Thank you so yeah. much, Brooke. You have said that so well and spoken so well. We are 48 minutes in and that has just gone very quickly. And before we do get off, I feel like I'm going to say, Granny and Pap, we love you very much. We know that would have been very hard for you to listen to. And oh, yes. Yes, we love you very, very much. I think they, we I, do. Absolutely. We're yeah. lucky to have them. Yes, oh, we, we sure are. We sure are. Hell yeah. yeah. They, they must have been very torn at the time. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Between their, yeah. their son-in-law and then their granddaughter, you yeah. know, being yeah. in two different two different hospitals because that's what yeah. that's how it was for you guys. That's right. But you couldn't even – I couldn't even really even have comprehended how they must have felt at the time because you just can't. You're in your own – yeah. You're in your own world. So, yeah. yeah. And you have to be Brooke and you had to be, you know, you you, you yeah. didn't have the capacity to to think any outside of the triangle of you two kids and yourself. Yeah, and well, you've got your life. tunnel vision, don't you? And you just, yeah. that's what has to happen. And everybody else you just, I mean, don't care yeah. about is not the word. Not, not the but word. You're just but kind of like, you're yeah. not on my radar right now. Yeah. 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 That's right. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah we're lucky to have them. Mm. Absolutely. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Brooke, thank you, thank you. We love you so much and thank you so much for telling your story. What My a story. Pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for joining us for this episode of YDP. We hope you found comfort in listening to relatable stories from the heart. We drop a new episode every Tuesday and Friday. And if you want to keep up to date, make sure you check out our socials on Facebook and Insta.